Hey, this is Gerds Handel, and welcome to the Inner Light Project. This show is for anyone who's wanting to lead a happier, healthier, and enlightened life. Create more self-love, inject more joy and abundance into their daily life. Join me for inspiring interviews and spiritual topics so you can shine your inner light. Hello and welcome to the Inner Light Project. My name is Gerd Tundel and today I'm just so grateful to share this person who is supporting mums to live a meaningful and purposeful life while caring for their families. Amy Denny is a business coach who helps mothers who are ready to live a life full of purpose while being wholeheartedly engaged as a parent. Hello and welcome to the Inner Light Project. My name is Gerd Sandel and today I just want to share with you somebody who's doing amazing work to help empower highly sensitive and empath women to really shine their inner light as a, not only as a mum but also living their soul's purpose. Hi Amy, I'm so grateful to have you on the show and thank you for being part of this journey with us today. Thank you Gerd, it's so wonderful and such an honour to be here today. Oh bless you, I can't wait to talk to you about your journey and what life was like before you became a mum. So could you share oh, with us yeah. where it began? <laughs> oh my gosh, that that is a, a big question. And it really, really has been such a journey. You know, it's, it's interesting. I um, My life before having a mom and my life um, now that I am a mom is a very definitive line in the sand. And, you know, my uh, growing up as a, as a child, I, I lived in the country. I lived in a very rural mm. place in Ontario. We were surrounded by so many trees and I had such a very free childhood. You know, my, my parents, you know, raised us in a way to go and explore. And they really trusted us as children to make, they taught us how to make good decisions for ourselves. Wow. And so we were given so much freedom to explore and, you know, build forts and, go for the day and, you know, this epic adventures I had with my brother and my sister. And that really taught me that, that, that sense of connection to nature and to know that my parents trust me in that way really allowed me to really get a deep sense that the world is a safe place. So I really grew up with that sense that the world is safe and that I, I don't need to fear it so much. And that has been such a beautiful gift for me because I've kind of lived my life that way. So, so up until, you know, being a parent and even afterwards, I I've, I've spent so much of my life adventuring and exploring and both like, you know, physically exploring the world and going on amazing epic adventures and also, um, you know, internal adventures as well. Like a lot of deep personal inner growth work that I've, you know, I spent the last seven years really like hammering down on for myself and mm. undoing a lot of, you know, conditioning and, and things that, you know, we, many of us were raised in, but also just like, particularly my, my, my own family stuff. And, um, yeah. And, and, you know, so I, I lived a very, I would say it was, it was quite typical in many ways. You know, my, my parents were, you know, middle-class, my mom stayed at home with us. My dad worked in a, in a, in a factory. He was a, a general manager of a tool and die. Like they make car parts and, oh, wow. you know, that, that job brought us, you know, all over the place. Like we lived in, uh, it brought us down to the States. We lived down there. We were about to move to Mexico and it, and it really like, it, 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 it was very interesting. I, I was raised in a way that um, 
work was the number one priority. It, mm. it came first over everything, even family. I would say like work was like the number one thing. And, and so, um, you know, I was raised with a very strong worth ethic and that, you know, that, that kind of came first. And, uh, you know, I, I went to high school, you know, I went to university and I, the very interesting thing for me is that I struggled so much in a traditional school system. I, I was mm-hmm. diagnosed as a young child with ADHD and dyslexia and wow. a very interesting thing guards for me was that like, I was medicated for, for so much of my childhood for, for wow. that disorder and I felt like so locked out of my childhood in, in many ways. Like when I was at school, I, I, it was kind of like a part of me, the, a beautiful part of me was kind of suppressed so that I could kind of get through this system, you know? And this is not, I'm not saying it's right Gosh. or wrong. It was just a very, very interesting experience for me. Mm. And so um, it's not until now that I'm realizing I'm, I'm welcoming back those parts that were kind of told that they needed to step away because oh. they didn't necessarily function well, or, you know, I was too expressive or too, you know, mm-hmm. energetic or too this or too that or too much, really. That's like really the, me- the message I got. So I'm guessing you're a highly sensitive person. and I'm just- a very highly yeah. sensitive person. <laughs> they didn't understand you. So here's some medication. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, um, yeah, so then I, you know, my, my, my husband, we traveled, we did all kinds of amazing things and I just longed to be a mother and mm. it was a journey getting here. I couldn't get pregnant and it was really a hard journey. I, I, um, finally after a year I, I got pregnant and I, I lost oh. that baby and then I, I got pregnant again and I had the baby and I was like, what was I <laughs> thinking (laughs) like this was it was such an abrupt change to this free flowing do what I want when I want way of being in my life it was a very very hard transition for me going from not being a parent to being a parent and so yeah I mean that's like a I don't know what else (laughs) if I should keep going or like where you at with it but I that's it's just yeah it's been a very very interesting hard transition for me I just want to go back a bit that's just wow like you really have been on a big journey of just really I guess coming back home to yourself and almost like parenting yourself the way you kind of needed parenting growing up Mm. and Mm -hmm. just as another I'm I'm an empath and highly sensitive person as well and like you're so right like when you're when we're young a lot of us I've noticed there's a pattern I see we were like numbing our emotions to fit in and we were told if we be like this you know if you're too sensitive people are going to walk over you and it's almost like you're right we did lose that childhood because we were made to think that there was something wrong with us but there was actually something so much right about us and I just luckily I I never took any medication like I I did have an accident when I was 21 and they tried to give me antidepressants and I refused and I just went out Mm. into nature and relaxed Mm. but even looking back now like the whole thing about toughening up and you know you need to be like this in the world like who are those people to say that like you can mm. be strong and sensitive like there's so much power in being sensitive and being free than following these like masculine rules of how we need to act and think and behave oh yeah you know it's it's so true and you know now uh, being a parent and trying to I notice I notice the voices in my head as a, as a, as a parent bumping up against how I was raised so constantly and how, um, 
I have to be so intentional in how I act in a moment when I'm, you know, sharing something with my child around their, their, the way that they are acting to try and not do the same thing that I, that was done to me, you know, around like you're too much and stop doing that. And la 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 la, you know, all of the things. And so, yeah, it's, it's a, I call it, I've been calling it the great undoing, you know, the, the, the great undoing around, you know, how, we were raised and, you know, just like our own conditioning and culturally and all of the things to, to be able to find parts of ourselves that are really true to who we are. Mm-hmm. And as a parent, that's like a whole nother gamut of, of fish of, of trying to figure out how to do that in a way that really helps the child, but still doesn't like, you know, you know, I think, I think we got to be really careful because it can lead to a child being spoiled. If we're not careful, like I, <laughs> I don't want, you know, want my child to go out and just do anything and, and think that they can, you know, just be disrespectful, but also be true to who they are. Yeah. I was just thinking, I guess when you gave birth, it was almost like a rebirth for you to actually, it's almost like you were going back in time with your own childhood. Yeah, totally. And I don't think I, I, I really realized that at the moment, like that wasn't like a conscious thing I was experiencing literally in the birthing process, but or soon after, but not until now that my children are a bit older and I have like really dug into my own work that I'm starting to realize that this is like a, my, you know, me parenting myself. Wow. Gosh. Yeah. That's so big for women as well. Like if we're not, if we don't face what we're like the fear or the worry that we have, it always comes back in a different way, whether that's giving birth or like a life transformational moment. It's like, mm. you're. it's almost like you're being like, not even forced what the word is like, you're being asked to like heal it. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and it really is an, an opportunity, I think. I, and I, and I, I think that who we are as parents really, and this is why the work that I do now in the world around, you know, coaching moms to, to bring them their full selves to the world. And I do my, my medium is through business coaching. And I'd love, you know, we can talk about that in a bit, but I feel like when kids are able to witness and see their parents going through their own transformation and doing something that lights them up so much and brings them Mm -hmm. so much joy. It isn't, it is, that is, that is schooling right there. Like that is teaching a child so much more than you really know, because they're starting to see like they're, they're most important people in their lives doing something that really matters to them. And that gives them the opportunity when they get older, or even now that they can also make decisions for themselves that it's, it, it's outside the realm of shoulds and um, shame and um, you must do's, but like really mm. asking deep questions around what brings us joy? Like, what is it that really brings us joy? And look at mama's going out and doing that. Mm. It's almost like watching you light up your joy inspires them to light up their own. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And 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 it, I think it's really setting a very solid foundation for maybe not even right now as them as my children are young, they're five and seven, but when they're older and they're in the posi- the place when you know such a common thing we get asked as as you know child children. I remember this. Maybe I'm sure you did too. Is what are you going to be when you grow up? <laughs> yeah. And I and I feel like it. it it gives them the opportunity to really ask themselves, well, what do like, what, what, and I try to change that question to like, what is it that you really care about? Like, mm. what is something that really impacts you? And I think that is such a much more interesting question than what do you want to be? 
True. Yeah, I mean, because I, I struggle with this so much and I, I'm not sure about your experience of it, but like I really struggled with trying to fit into a box as a child. And, and, and you know, when I went into university and trying to be like, well, I, I don't know what I want to be. I, I, I never knew what I wanted to be. I'm 39 almost. And I still am not a thing, you know, and I feel mm. like that has been such a hard journey for me around, um, you know, I, I've always noticed that when I go to gatherings and people are like, so what do you do for work? And I'm always like, you ask my, my husband first, because his is easy. He's an electrician. And okay. I'm always just like, do you, ha- do you have 15 minutes for me to share with you who I am? Because I'm not a thing. I'm many, I'm, I'm many, many things. I have many passions and it's always changing. It's always evolving. And that's where I go to. And yeah. so, um, yeah. I was going to say, I relate. Like I growing, like growing up before I even heard the word, like, what do you want to be first? I was like, oh, I'll be a fashion designer. Then I'll be this. And then we had to choose for school. Like, what do you want to do for university? And I was like, ah, okay, journalism done. Like I liked writing and I was like, okay, I'll do that. And then I thought my whole life I was going to be a journalist. And then I left in my mid twenties and just went on this journey of just like, like kind of what you said, like self-discovery. And again, people were trying to put me into boxes and like one minute I was working with young people, one minute I had a radio show, then I had a podcast, then I was on stage speaking, like so many different things. And like you said, when you try to explain to somebody what you do, they're just like, what? Like, yeah. but, but who are you? And you're like, this is me. And they're like, but no, what is your actual job? Um, totally. Totally. So funny. Like even now, like it, it's more refined now, but it's just still people don't understand it in the nine to five world because like what you said earlier is that's what we've grown up this kind of like modeled world of how we need to act, think and behave. So we need to follow the system, exactly. but really we don't need to follow any system. Like it, no. we're just following the journey of life. Exactly. And, and then, you know, that's, that, that's the whole thing, Gerds, is that there is no right way of doing life. Like there is not like a prescribed way that life has to be done, but we really do wake up every day living like life has to be done in a certain way. And it's not our fault. It's, it's really, it's not our fault. It's just, I think it is in the, 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 uh, the culture, if you will, that, that we're raised in that kind of life goes a certain way. And like, that's what I'm most interested in is like, well, what if it doesn't like, what if life was just a complete, like, what if you literally got to create the roadmap of your life? Like if you stepped outside for one second and just like ask like, well, what is it that I really care about? Like, is this decision I'm making right now? And like something so simple for me, but like setting up a Christmas tree, like <laughs> why, why do we do this? Hold on a second. Like, let's just, ask, you know, take a step back and like ask the deeper questions of like, yeah. well, what is it that I want? And I feel like th- that is such a freeing it's so, and, and hard. Like, let me get, tell you, it is hard too, because you're kind of going rogue in a way, mm. like you're going rogue, you're kind of going counterculture, you're, you're stepping outside the guardrails of the safety of the status quo. And um, it opens you up to being incredibly vulnerable. It's a vulnerable place to be. And especially when you're doing it alone as a mother with two small children. And, you know, I, I know, I, I know from my experience of working with mothers that a lot of moms are going through this, of really being like, I don't want that life anymore. I want to be with my children. And I want to be with my family, but I also want something for myself, but it doesn't fit into what I was doing before. So how do I do something different? And I, that just gets me so excited. Just that, that curiosity and that openness to holding that question is something that brings me so much joy and, and really excitement, true excitement for the, for the future of our world. Can you tell us like how you're helping moms to kind of put their oxygen masks on first? 
Yeah. I mean, I, I, I was sharing with you before that, like, you know, business coaching is the medium that I do that through. So I, I really help moms, you know, create, create a, a very solid business foundation. And, you know, we go through all the strategy and all the things that it takes to, you know, create a, a really a good business that is actually going to work and be profitable. Mm-hmm. But really what I do, you know, that's the strategy and strategy is like, you know, business isn't challenging. It's not that hard. I've been in business for 10 years, but it's the mindset that is the real hard part around business, mm. especially when you're a mom and you, you are the, for a lot of moms, the primary provider for their children. Um, and, you know, if for stay at home moms that are, you know, are, are really at home and it's, it's helping them overcome the lenses and the viewpoints and the conditioning and the stories and the limiting beliefs that say that they can't do it. Or when things start to get hard, helping them move through that, pro- they, they have like a, 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 a buddy in their corner, somebody that is vouching for them and motivating them through those, those um, really hard parts. It, because, you know, the, the one key thing about business is that you have to be consistent. The, the consistency mm-hmm. is the most important piece. One of the most important things you have to keep showing up every single day, even when it's hard. And that's what I help moms do is, is stay the course and, and do it with strategy, but also overcome the parts themselves that are telling them they shouldn't be doing it anymore. The logic. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I can see what you mean. I was just thinking, like, I guess, like, when you become a mom, because I'm not, I don't have kids at the moment, but mm-hmm. um, when you become a mom, I guess, like, your whole focus becomes about the child or the children that you almost lose all sight of yourself. So I guess exactly you, what you're doing is helping them to say, like, hey, you are number one priority too. Yeah, thank you for pointing that out. That's exactly right. That, that you know, I was raised with a, with a mother, like she, she was such a great mom and she really did like her, her, such her best for us. And she really committed her life to us as, as, as children. And I'm so grateful she stayed home with us. And it was very clear looking back now that she wasn't lit up and expressed. Like she didn't, she didn't have something necessarily for herself that she, and I, and I know that that's what she wanted. I could tell because there was a big level of unhappiness and there was just something missing for her. And, um, you know, and I, and I was, uh, was told, you know, maybe not necessarily directly, but just through the actions and in the unspoken words that, that, you know, I'm doing this for you guys. So you're the reason why I'm not able to live a life of self, of full yeah. expression. And so I think, you know, as, as, because kids are so perceptive. They're, they're so perceptive. They can, they pick up on the energy that you don't need to say the things for the children to, to, to start embodying that and start to, to know that that to be their truth for themselves, you know, or what the stories that they're telling themselves when they get older. But so I was raised with a mother that didn't necessarily do those things for herself. And what would it have looked like if she did, or what would, what would have been different in my wow. life if she, if she did, you know, and that's what I care about for other moms is what is it that you care about? And did you know that you can actually do that and in, in, in not, you know, go, leave, have to leave your family all the time, but you can do it from the kitchen table in their napping time or when they do go to school and just really like, you know, letting them know that it's possible beautiful and what are you, can you tell us about your coaching services yeah well I mean and, the, and that's that's you know it's, it's all it's all a part of it I've, I've been a mindset coach for for seven years and so I and, and as an empath you know that's someone that's very that is highly sensitive it's kind of one of my gifts is that I'm I'm really able to use my intuition and I'm 
people come to me because I I'm able to pick up on their emotions and, and really feel deeply like what they're experiencing. So a lot of people feel deeply heard in when they are working with me. And then I, you know, I've been able to have a lot of really intensive training over the past seven years on how to take that in and, and, and help people start to see and ask very, you know, very good questions around them understanding how they're in their own way and helping them kind of move through that. And so I, a lot of the work that I do now is so much of it is mindset coaching. And then it's, it's, you know, I I work with people one-on-one. That's like really what I focus on because I feel like it's the most value. People get so much work out of just like talking to one person. And we, we kind of like work are partnering together in this business creation and this beautiful creation that somebody is like spending so much of their time bringing into the world. And, and, you know, we're, we're coming up with strategy. We're figuring out exactly the ways that this is going to work and, and how to actually make sales. Like we get into the nitty gritty of all those things at the same time as like building on top of that, like, what is the mindset that's stopping you? Because that the obstacles are, are 90% of it. Beautiful. I just want to go back on something you just said, like, um, you were talking about being an empath, like, what does it feel like when you first realize that you that you are an empath? Well, it's such an interesting question. I, I would say it's a it's a, a new title that I I am very grateful that I have found. But you know, I, I was sharing with you in my when I you know was getting to know each other, getting this interview set up that I, I was actually raised in, a, in, a, in an alcoholic home. So mm. I, I, um, I have an alcoholic in my life and I was raised with that. And it's very interesting now understanding what an empath is. And it's a very fine line bet- between being an adult child of an alcoholic and being mm. an empath. And so for me, it was, v- it was a very blurry, blurry, blurry world. And so mm. I've been in re- recovery for, for my own upbringing in, in as having you know an, a parent as an alcoholic. I've been in my own recovery and doing my own work. And, um, and it's, it's so, so similar. It's around like, you know, getting that I can set boundaries, like what, (laughs) (laughs) what I had no idea (laughs) that I could actually say no to something and that I didn't have to fix and control people and that (laughs) I didn't have to have all the solutions for everybody. And that I didn't, you know, that, that it just gave me uh, so much space to actually start looking at myself because I think that is something that I, that I've struggled with so much of my life is that I would put so much of the focus on other people and start trying mm. to fixing their problems in an avoidance of having to look inwards at me. And so, mm. you know, through my own recovery and through understanding as an empath that, that I, that, that's, I actually have a responsibility to myself that, that the work is within me and that I can't actually go around trying to change other people, yeah. but to, to, to look at myself first and to, you know, to, um, yes, to start healing that work and, and to not put the blame on others has been such a gift for me. And, you know, it's like, it's little things. It's, it's so crazy. Girls. It's like, I, I really, really struggle with being in a, in a room that's very noisy, like loud noises. I get overstimulated so quickly and having children that are screaming in your ear all the time. Oh, and there's gosh. different levels of screaming that is happening and oh. then the dogs barking and then the, the timer's going off and the phone's ringing. And then my husband's kind of like literally telling you this, I'm just like getting anxious, even thinking about it, you know, <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's those oh. little things that's like, oh yeah, that's, that's a part of it. Like that is mm. like, and I was like, Oh, thank 
God, like I'm not alone in this crazy thing that I thought there was a problem with me. You know, it's yeah. not a problem. It's just my journey. It's just who I am. And what are the tools that are available for me to start going through life with ease as opposed to trying to hide them all the time? Mm, that's beautiful. Yeah, I, I was literally nodding as you were saying everything. I really relate. And like I spent the last, gosh, it would be 10 years this year since I've started my healing journey. And it was only till like 2017 when I realized I was an empath. And I remember going, oh my God, I'm not alone. Like I thought I was going crazy. There's something wrong with me. Like you said, the sounds you know, being in a room full of people and then absorbing all their emotions or talking to somebody and like suddenly they'd be venting at me without my permission and I'd be like really sad and down after. And that mm. was literally my story my whole life, wherever I went, even as a child, people, like even older people would just come up to me and just tell me their problems mm. and they'd run off being happy and I'd feel like sad and miserable after. Yeah, yeah. What's wrong with me? Like I was so happy a minute ago <laughs> and then with time, yeah, like I learned boundaries and it was like, like, saying no oh my god that changed my life because growing up because I'm Indian as well so growing up in an Indian culture as a as a girl you're supposed to be a people pleaser so you put on a good show and be like yes mm. yes yes so when I first started saying no it was like oh my god how dare she say no and mm. it was just so powerful and like now I just I just I just don't care I'm like you know someone's gonna upset me or like I'm not happy with something I'm gonna say no but it took so much, I would say even for empaths and other empaths, like so much courage to even say no, because they've never so learned to say yes to themselves. Mm, oh my gosh. Ugh, yeah. I have the goosebumps right now. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and especially because so many empaths really are conflict avoidant. Like it's, it's yeah. being in conflict. Is, is it also, I mean, that's, I think that's true for a lot of people, but it is especially true for empaths because we are so highly sensitive. So when we say no, and someone else has a reaction to our no, yeah. we take on that as like, oh my God, I've done something wrong. Or like, I shouldn't, I now I've made them upset and yeah. we all get into our mind about the whole entire thing. And that is like, you know, just putting it into like a business context, like, oh my gosh, like if, 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 if you're not looking at those parts of yourself, you being in business, especially being alone, like it's a, it will eat you up because you have to be brave and bold and courageous and also kind and generous. And so many things come from being a successful, you know, CEO, mompreneur, whatever you want to call it. And so, so, you know, accepting all parts of ourselves and learning how to utilize them in ways that actually serve us is such a gift and <laughs> makes us money. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's why it might take empaths a bit longer because they're so afraid of like, making mistake and like pleasing everybody else but actually realizing like you said business doesn't work that way you mm. have to lead by example so you have to really look into yourself and look at your own patterns mm. and exactly. then just lead by that example yeah exactly and you know you know one one thing that I that I found that has been one of the biggest helps for me to to guide myself through that when I'm when I'm having to make tough business decisions or not even just in my day-to-day is I, I've started to do this exercise where I start to envision my future self. Like, where is it that I want to be in even just three months from now? Mm. And, and what, what is it that I want to be doing? And how do I want to be feeling? And how do I want to be acting? And how much money do I want to be making? And who are the people I want to be hanging out with? And I really embody that person. I give that person a name. And right now that name mm. for me is transfer, transformational leader. And so then I think back to like right now in this moment, what types of decisions, what types of feelings and thoughts does that future transformational leader need to have 
to start bringing that into reality. And that is such a helpful way for me to start moving through the hard stuff when things are challenging, when I'm being told no, or when I have to say no. And I say, well, what would transformational leader do? And that's just the name I give it. Anyone can give it a a name, whatever it suits them. But it's a very, very helpful little small exercise that helps to pull me to keep being bold and brave and courageous when I'm scared so much and it's vulnerable and all the things, even parenting, like I, even as a parent, right, I just want to like lose my mind because my kids just won't stop. And, <laughs> you know, asking myself, what would that person do? How would that person react? Mm, that's beautiful. Mm. Yeah. Wow. I'm blown away. <laughs> um, oh gosh. I've just looked at the time as well. Um, when it, when, well, oh God, I can't even speak. <laughs> um, I've got a few last questions to ask for you. My first one is, what are your five top tips for someone who has just become a mother for the first time and they're finding it hard hard to like juggle their life and their baby? Mm-hmm. Um, well, the first one that I have is um, really, oh, this one almost makes me emotional saying it is, is to, oh. to really trust your intuition as a mom mm. because you have one and it's deep inside of you and that the world is going to tell you one way of doing it. And that you as a mom know best around what you need and what your child needs. So really listen to that. The intuition is black and white. It does not have a weird in between. It's black and it's white. And if you listen to it, it will guide you in a way that's going to help you parent in the moment, the best way that's for you and for your child. The second thing I would say is um, have the willingness to ask for help. Because I think as moms, we really don't and empaths. <laughs> we don't, <laughs> we don't ask for help. A lot of the time we try and take it on, on our own. And, um, that's when things start to get really crazy because I don't think parenting is something that we're supposed to be doing by ourselves, you know, like ancestrally, like we're, we, we weren't doing this by ourselves behind four walls and the, the picket fence, we were doing this in community. And I think that there's, um, a loss of that. And we, we have to do the hardest thing we will ever do by ourselves. And so asking for help is such an important, important piece and something simple, like can you cook me something? Can you make me something? Could you just take my child for 10 minutes so that I can go to the bathroom? Oh my God. Just like, even that is such a big thing. Um, uh, listening, like I, one of the things that's been super helpful for me is getting exercise. I know it seems so simple and cliche, but it is such a big thing around getting exercise for, for myself has literally been the game changer. And I'm telling you girls, like I am a mother that did not move into parenting, loving it. I was a mother that struggled big time. And I felt so out of place because I was like, mothers are supposed to love this and I don't love it. Mm. And I found that when I started to listen to my intuition, I started asking for help and I started to get exercise for myself. You know, whether it's even 15 minutes, I, it, it was a real big difference between me being a happy mom and being snippy and overwhelmed and restless um, to being one that was content and much happier and able to like love my kids in a deeper way. And that came through just like being more gentle and you know, more, more just like giving of myself and not being resentful to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, n- number four is uh, I, this one's like kind of, I don't know this is something that's really important to me and I know it seems so crazy, but I have found um finding other moms that are 
you know, that are in the same place that you are right now, like having a, like, you know, a few groups of moms that you can, you know, I have like a little WhatsApp group or a little chat group. And it's like literally just being able to share the experience and know, and there's a, you know, there's an amazing app now it's called peanut and it's, it's literally a Tinder for moms. And it has been a game changer <laughs> for so many moms on there that have said, I have such a deep longing and of loneliness and I just long for connection with other people and I know that there's other moms out there that have also experienced this too because it is a lonely world being being a mom for a lot of people just coming into that you know that that transition that um you know having other moms that are experiencing something similar to you is is so so helpful Mm. um and then the fifth one that I would say is be willing to have adventure in your life still And I think that for so many people, when the kids come, the adventure stops. And I think that I don't think that adventure has to mean going off and, you know, for some people it might, but for me, it wasn't possible to go travel the world, but you can find small adventures and simple things that are close to home. Like whether it's like a hike that you've never done before, or, you know, um, you know, just going on a, on a camping trip that feels a little bit more edgy for you. Just something little that, that, that keeps that, 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 that fire alive in yourself and whatever adventure means to you, those, those things have kind of helped me, you know, really move from this place of resentment in in motherhood to a place of like really accepting and, in and, and loving being a mother now. Beautiful. Wow. I love those five top tips. They're definitely going to help <laughs> my listeners <laughs> for sure. Um, what are you most grateful for? <laughs> oh my God. This is such an interesting, we, uh, every night at dinner time, we sit around, we light a candle at our oh. table and we go around and we always share, you know, my little five-year-old, she's almost five. Oh. We all just seven-year-old, we share just one thing that we're grateful for from the day. And so I just like, I love this question. I just wanted to say that. So what I, what I'm most grateful for in this moment is that, um, that I've, that I have been able to, I'm just like grateful for myself to be able Mm -hmm. to have the courage and the, um, just the bravery and the vulnerability to do the work that I'm doing now because I, I love my life and it's been very intentional and I'm grateful for, for listening to my intuition and allowing it to guide me to where I am right now, because I just feel so much more balanced when I'm, when I'm listening to that. Mm, That's beautiful. And Mm. what shines your inner light? Mm. (laughs) Well, let's go with the first thing that comes to me, because if not, I'll just mind mess it for a long time. Uh, What shines my inner light is, is having community. Like I, I have a very strong community that I have intentionally chosen because for me if it, i live in guelph ontario it's a tiny you know it's a, not tiny it's a town it's a city and i am called to live rurally and to live into the country again but i have mm. such a strong community of people here and um being in connection and, and having you know people that are helping me raise my family and raising my my children with me alongside me mm. is something that fills me up and makes me feel whole and alive and well, and it doesn't take much. I just need a little bit of a topping up every once in a while, but that really shines my inner light big time. That's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much, Amy, for being on the show and just for doing the work that you're doing. I I can definitely see you helping so many highly sensitive moms just really take their power back and create a life that they've always wanted to live. And from the kitchen table. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Thank you, Gerd. I really appreciate you having me. Bless you.
Wow, what an amazing episode. And God, there were so many aha moments, but I really want to take to the to the point that even as empaths and as empaths as mothers, you can thrive in life. You can take your power back and you can live a beautiful and meaningful life. Unfortunately, that's the end of the show. Before I leave, I want to leave you with this quote. Finding balance as a mother means accepting your imperfections. That's a quote by Mary Organizes. Take care, my sisters. Bye. For more information about the show or how to trust your inner light, visit my new coaching program at girdshundle.com. And remember, stay happy, stay healthy, stay lit. Lit.